welcome to another episode of Reap the Spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. I'm Jason Kwasnicki. Hey, Jason. What are we talking about today? Talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake, parentheses, sequel, intermission, DLC. <laughs> yeah, I love the box art. It's, it puts that so succinctly and so well. It's, it's very neat on the box. Parentheses <laughs> sequel. <laughs> I mean, I, I do consider it like not a spoiler, just a public service awareness. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, because that's the thing that just depresses me about this endeavor the most is uh, yeah, people well... <laughs> people who haven't played the original and think that this is actually a remake. Oh, going into it. Yeah, maybe we can talk about that a little later in the episode, because I have noticed some unhinged shit on Reddit. It's been very fun. Um, Reap the Spoils is a semi-monthly spoiler cast where we play a game or we watch a thing re- typically related to video games, and then we come here and we talk about it. We're going to spoil the whole thing. We're going to talk about the story, the ending. We're going to talk about the characters, their motivations. We're going to talk about the gameplay and the combat and all the things you can do in whatever the thing is that we're talking about much easier when we just watch something because then there's like no side content to to actually that's not necessarily true but you know that <laughs> conversation for another time um so that being said if you have not played and i'm going to say the correct title uh this time i'm going to say the correct title if you've not played final fantasy 7 remake episode intermission which is included with final fantasy 7 remake intergrade uh, I highly suggest you pause this episode, go and play that DLC, uh, and then come back and listen to this episode. And, uh, you know, frankly, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake, you shouldn't play Intermission, because why Why would you play the DLC before you play uh, and the base game? As a side note, if you're going to play it and you're on PS5, make sure that your base seven Remake is the PS5 version. Otherwise, oh, yeah. the PlayStation Store will not let you buy, purchase or download well, uh, the in, the intermission. That's because mm-hmm. it's not available for PS4. This right, PS5. right. It, it, it will be on the PS4 store, but you won't see an option to actually purchase yet. Yeah. Did you make that mistake? Did you accidentally download? I didn't. I didn't no, I did not know. Oh, okay. So oh. like, I was in the PS shop trying to get it, and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh shit! Did I not give you fair warning about that? I'm sorry. I, I, Honestly, no, it's fine. I looked it up online and found okay. out. But I remember being so confused and annoyed at the way this game was released back when it released that I, I'm surprised that it's still an issue. I mean, like the problem, like I guess the problem is is just like the way the way um PS4 and PS5 games work on PS5. And like how to navigate the store properly to get to the right thing and then buy the right thing. It's like that's really where the problem is. Yeah. Um, I I will say it. it, it Square kind of uh, muddied the waters a bit more because there was also like you could upgrade Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS4 to Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate on PS5, but not if you had the PlayStation Plus uh, version of, of uh, or release SKU or whatever of Final Fantasy VII Remake, because they gave that to you for free as part of your subscription, and they're not going to let you get the new one, the newer version, for 10 bucks. Which, like, you know, business-wise, I get it, but it just muddied the waters. It made people even more confused than they already were. Yeah. Um... 
but you know, it's it's pretty easy for me because I just buy discs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Physical um. elitist. <laughs> what makes you say that? Uh, I don't know the podcast. big collection behind yeah. <laughs> audio podcast. Audio listeners can't see the shelves of shit behind me. <laughs> anyway, tangent over. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake Episode Intermission or Final Fantasy VII Remake in general, I suggest you pause the episode and go play that. Um, and just for some information, just quick info block, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, the release that this DLC is a part of, uh, released on June 2nd, or June 2nd, geez, June 10th, 2021 for the PlayStation 5 and came to PC later the later that year on December 16th, 2021, exclusively to the Epic Game Store, if I remember correctly. It might even still be exclusive oh, to the wow. Epic Game Store. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, a lot of people were really upset about that. Um, I'm not a PC gamer. I don't get upset about storefronts too often. Um, I have a Mac, so just I just know that nothing is available for my for my laptop, and uh, I'm good to go. Yeah. Anyway, are we ready? Yeah. Let's go. Final warning: If you have not played, uh, episode intermission. I keep getting intermission and intergrade mixed up. If you have not played episode intermission, pause. Go play it. Come back. Okay, time to spoil everything about this DLC. Uh, I just, I guess we could just go piece by piece with the. Actually, no, we'll just start off with a general question. What'd you guys think? This DLC was fun. Um, there are certain extracurricular things that piss me off, but yeah, yeah we'll talk I about just love, I love Yuffie so much. She's easily one of my favorite. It, her remake version is easily what she's easily one of my favorite characters. She's. She's very much like Naruto, and I'll get into that later, like her her character, but she's just hysterical. She had me dying the whole time, like just cracking up. If if I to start with something good, and this is the same comment me and many others in my camp had of the base remake game, is that the characters are themselves are at least faithful to their original, and the same goes here. If there's one good thing I'd say is that, yeah, Yuffie as a character is pretty much exactly what I imagined she would be. And I always, as a Final Fantasy fan, I always love my ninjas slash rogue characters yeah. the best, usually. Yeah, so. I, I was really wondering where you were going to land on just Yuffie as a character, Jason. Um, just because you and I have, a, a, you know, a ton of history with these characters and... Uh, I know you're not the biggest fan of remakes, so... No, um, <laughs> but yeah. again, like like I just said, the one thing that I think everybody can agree on is that leaving aside the plot, the general story, the characters themselves are the characters that we remember from the original game, and Yuffie was no different here. Yeah, I, I would argue that they even go into the characters more in the remake. Like they they obviously give more time to the characters to like flesh them out more. In terms of like different like dialogue options and stuff like that, that like uh, for example, I like Aerith a lot more in the Aeris Aerith whatever in the remake than I do in the original, just because of how much more depth they added to her, and I feel like they did the same thing with Yuffie. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree. I um, I I, she has that bubbly personality. It's great to see. Uh, it's great that we're going to get a Final Fantasy VII product where Yuffie is actually, like, integrated into the plot. 
um yeah. because she's not so much integrated into the plot in the original as much uh, she's optional for people yeah. who don't know yeah she she she's enough she was originally intended to be like a a, a, a she was intended to be a main like a, a an actual party member like a core party member um that was required to be recruited and i i believe they had to cut her as optional and cut a lot of her content uh to save on time in fact um, uh mark you you know this better than me i my memory is not complete here but if you do not get yuffie in the original game do you even go to wutai at all well wutai is completely optional anyway that's what, like, yeah that's what i'm saying even if yeah. you have her um i think you still can but i'm not 100 percent sure um, I never play seven without recruiting Yuffie, so it's like it's not something that I've ever experimented with or even looked up to see. Uh, but that is a good question. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but okay. I mean, let's we could start digging into the ending. Um, and I guess the first big thing is that, that I kind of forgot until I was writing up my notes. Um, the whole reason Yuffie comes to Midgar. Uh, is to steal Shinra's rumored ultimate materia. And we find out that that's been put on hold because they were going to drop the plate on Sector 7. That's a bigger priority. Um, oh, Jason, you seem like you have thoughts on this. <laughs> Just, it's a stupid plot to give them an excuse to make a DLC with Yuffie in it. Well... It's just a MacGuffin quest, but there's no MacGuffin. And then we'll throw in a bunch of random shit that is totally unrelated and you wouldn't even understand even if you played the original unless you played ancillary material if anything i think you're right it is a macguffin quest it is like it's a it's a mission that end that results in like nothing like they don't it's, they don't succeed it, 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 it seems it, more set up for for yuffie to have a character background before the main party meets her in the next game more than anything, I think it was a it was a set up, a character set up to place her on the continent, right? Because the question becomes in the original, she's uh she's all the way from the western continent of Wutai. What the hell is she doing all the way to the east on <laughs> on the Midgar continent when you find her when you recruit her? Now, granted, right. I think you can I think you can recruit her in any forest past that point in the original. Um, it just has to be in a forest. I think it could be any forest. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, but the earliest you can get her is right outside Junin on that on that eastern continent. So it's like, it. I think I, I just I view it as an excuse to put her to put her where she was in the original game. At least at the er the earliest point you could find her in the in the original game. Uh, give her an excuse to be out there and so far away from Wu Tai. Um, I'm not. I don't think it's necessarily like that part doesn't blow me away. But the, 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 the bigger question I have is what do you guys think this ultimate materia is? Do you think it has an original game parallel? Do you think it's just another, uh, some sort of MacGuffin that they just created to stir something up? Cause I think it's going to come back and I have, I have an idea of what it could be. Delilah, you want to go first on that? No, you got it. Go ahead. Honestly, I don't know. Because as we've already mentioned, and I just mentioned, you know, talking, referencing ancillary material, this is an alternate timeline sequel that is integrating 
the entire Final Fantasy VII compilation, as we'll get to, material. So, honestly, I don't know. Um, Maybe it will. Um, Maybe it will... uh, Maybe it will come back up if they continue to flesh out the Wutai Shinra conflict more, which is what I thought they would do here, but they really don't tell you any more than you find out in the base game, other than the fact that they sent a ninja in to get this ultimate materia. So I, I honestly don't know. Isn't Wasn't there materia called... Ultima, 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 Ultima. Ultima, Ultima, Ultima yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there was Ultima. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really view that as like any uh, as like a tie into this. I think she's just calling it the ultimate material because it's like something Shinra is developing and it's supposed oh. to be really powerful. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I could be wrong. Um, and I I'm... also just realized. Oh, go ahead, Delilah. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, isn't the ultimate material then like the black one, <laughs> if if anything? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could make that argument, right? But that they they're definitely not just developing that. My theory was gonna be that it's the huge material, but I just realized that the huge material are not Shinra made; they're um, they're uh, natural material. Mm. Um, which. Who knows the remake or rebirth or this remake trilogy uh, could change that up and 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 make them man made if they really wanted to. I kind of don't see that happening now. Re- remembering that a uh, huge material were not Shinra made. Mm. Um, I also saw a theory that like I I a lot of information and evidence pointing to maybe it's gonna be the power core for a boss very very late into the original final fantasy 7 proud clod uh which is just a big mech that was seemingly being developed to fight against the weapons uh i think that's an interesting theory uh it could be could not be not really sure yeah it might be like a side quest that involves that they'll will give yuffie some more story but will also involve the super bosses from the original reimagined so it gives yeah. you more of a actual story, more of a story purpose for hunting down those super bosses, yeah. should they choose to do that, which I'm assuming they will. Yeah, but you know, it, it also it also very well could be nothing. It could just be it. It could just be like Jason said, a MacGuffin to get Yuffie over there and and right. give us some content. Yeah. Um, and then it never comes up again. I just have I have a feeling it will come up again. Um, I just don't know as what. So it'll be interesting to see that. And you know what? Mm-hmm. We might not even find out in the next game. We might not find <laughs> out till part three. Um, whatever that'll be called. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess let's let's continue on with the ending. Uh, Nero shows up. <laughs> Del- Delilah, have you played Nerd Cerberus before? Nope, I have oh. not. But I know the characters because my brother played it and I've seen the characters, but I know shit about it. And when I tried to play it myself, I could not. I just could not be bothered. <laughs> so that, I'm, game, uh... that game got shat on a bunch. On the, that game got bad ratings. I remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not yeah. a good game. It's like, yeah. a, but here's the thing it's like a guilty pleasure game. Like, I know that that game is pretty ass, but I still really enjoy it for whatever reason. Hey, um, it's like me and Michael Bay Transformer movies, man. Yeah, there you go. This is Dirt <laughs> of Cerberus is my is my Michael Bay Transformer <laughs> movie. Um, 
the I, first the three. For, for me, they, those movies jump the shark at four when Mark Wahlberg gets in there. I don't even. I, I'm, a, I, I'm a Shia LaBeouf trilogy purist. I haven't watched past the first Transformers movie, dude, and I saw it in theaters. I remember nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than there's like lots of explosions and shit, because of course it, of course there are. It's, it's a Michael Bay production. Um, but anyway, yeah, okay. So I'm the sole degenerate on this podcast that's played Dirge of Cerberus. All right, so Nero, <laughs> Nero, and Weiss. Whoa, that was a huge surprise. Um. Did did it mean anything to you guys? Like, nope. I was just like, oh, they're tying in George Cerberus. I have no idea how or what. I know they're like soldier, some elite soldier group, like secret service soldier. I don't know. But I know nothing about the characters really or like what else there is to them. Yeah. I was I, just I, like, oh, huh. How are I they going to do that? I know very little about the, the compilation stuff. I do, know, I do know that like Weiss was supposed to be more powerful than Sephiroth. So I don't know if that's still going to be canonically the canonically. I'm sorry, the case in this, but they did like this whole thing. Well, <laughs> well, I would say Weiss is more powerful than Sephiroth because you can beat Sephiroth. It's really fucking hard oh, to beat God, Weiss. Yes, something we'll talk about way later. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing that I like about this uh is that it always rubbed me the wrong way with Dirge of Cerberus and I guess light spoilers for the exposition of Dirge of Cerberus it always rubbed me the wrong way that like three years after the events of Final Fantasy 7 all of a sudden we're now having to contend with this super secret like um like highly experimented highly powerful like black ops unit of the Shinra military uh called Deep Ground like they just come at they just they just come out you have to fight them in Dirge of Cerberus and that they're the they're the primary antagonist, uh, which includes the Sviets, which is Weiss, Nero, and other characters that didn't show up in this DLC. Um so I I feel like actually incorporating them into something that's within the timeline of Final Fantasy VII story uh makes a lot more sense. It at least makes that reemergence years later a little less jarring because how was that kept a secret for so long? Well, now it's not. Now it's actually something that at least somebody has seen, Yuffie, you know? Right. Uh, so that's kind of what I like about this. Um, And it was just, it, it was a big surprise. I can't really deny that. It was a huge surprise. Was not expecting to see Dirge of Cerberus deep ground characters show up in this DLC. As the uh, final boss, too. I'm over here thinking yeah. Scarlet's the problem, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it, it, it's like interesting because I, I, I feel like putting myself in my sh in my own shoes in 2021 when I played this DLC and they were clearly gearing up for Scarlet to be the, the, the main antagonist. It was like, how am I going to fight Scarlet? And they kind of do have you fight her in that um, whatever that mech was that she's yeah. that she's fighting in. I, I can't remember the name already. Um, yeah, the armor suit. Well, yeah, yeah, which is like Exo her being, yeah. huh? So it was called like Mega Exo or something like that. I don't remember. I, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, but like her being the head of advanced weaponry, it makes like the most sense that that's how you would fight her. But I was still thinking like she's just this like hot lady in a in a red dress with her boobs popping out. Like how are you <laughs> gonna do an effective boss fight against that? Um, <laughs> and then they shock us all with with Nero popping up. Hey Amen. Final Fantasy fourteen does it. What do you mean Final Fantasy XIV does it? What are you talking about? Just look at the last alliance raid. 
Lots of hot ladies with the uh, boobs well, popping okay. out. Well, okay. To be fair, Jason, they're fucking gods. <laughs> Let's anyway. Like, spoil- accidental spoilers for Final Fantasy XIV's... Uh, I was just trying to make a. I was just trying to make a joke. Sorry, folks. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta. We gotta pivot and talk about. Uh, what's her name? Nafika, Nofika, or Menfina. We're gonna talk about all the all the twelve goddesses. All right. Anyway, this DLC surely does not shy away from having specific camera angles. Yes, (laughs) I do. I did really love the scene where she was using a Shinra soldier as a footrest. Oh yeah. I found that so fucking funny. That was hysterical. Jason, did you like that? Did you like that scene? Yeah, it was kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, back to back to like Nero and and yeah, yeah. Obviously, the show twice. I'll say that this this kind of falls in the same problem that the base remake game had vis a vis the original game, where that a lot of these scenes and inclusions don't mean jack shit to you unless you've actually played the source material and in this case the source material is a really bad ps2 game that was part of the compilation that even people who love the original ff7 probably didn't play or may have played yeah. i don't know i mean I-, I would say more people that are big seven fans i would say th- more people have played those compilation titles than haven't you know that I, I could be totally wrong, and I have absolutely no metrics to base that off of. But the thing is, if you're a big fan of something, like a huge fan of something, and there's more of that, the majority of uh, fans are going to seek that stuff out. And yeah, you know, Jason, I know your whole reason for not like you are a strong believer and 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 agreeer uh, with Sakaguchi and his philosophy, which is that these these games should have been standalone experiences. Without any, uh, without any, um, additional, uh, sorry, what was that? Uh, no, I was just saying connections. Yeah, like no, no additional content. Like you play Final Fantasy VII, you get a complete story, and there's nothing else. And I know you're a bigger believer in that. Um, it's, yeah, it's I... not just that. It's also just that the world building for these games is very clearly just for the story that's being told in those games. It's kind of like the Star Wars problem. The more you mm-hmm. try to world build out the more things start to fall apart. Yeah. Um, and that's I, I true of a lot that. of these. It's also true of, um, what was it for the after years? Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, and I can definitely agree with that. I mean, I, something that I'm not sure we talked about in our crisis core episode, um, which if you haven't listened to, go check it out. Um, you go to towns in crisis core that weren't in the original final fantasy seven. And, and you're just, kind of sitting there left wondering like where where is this town because right right or the whole map in final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. uh so that that that's like a minor issue that kind of comes up with a lot of these compilation things and uh i, I if i recall the correctly i mean it's been a long time since i played digital cerberus guys i it's like a guilty pleasure but i do i i really have not played it in a very long time um i i think there's other areas in that game that don't that are new to that game and don't aren't permeated in the original Final Fantasy VII, which kind of makes me wonder: Are they going to add new locations with this remake trilogy? Are we going to be going to places that weren't in the original uh, in Rebirth up uh, coming up? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not something that I'm I'm privy to. 
And it makes me wonder how they're going to tie Dirge of Cerberus in. Because, like, for example, we got Crisis Core as a remaster. It wasn't really a remake. So that people who didn't play the original can, like, get, you know, get into speed who, with who Zack is, who's going to play a role in the remake. And um, with Dirge of Cerberus, it's like, like Jason said, for people who play the DLC, there's no context whatsoever if you didn't play it. Like, I only, I'm like, I was surprised only because I was familiar with the characters, but I don't know anything about them. So are they going to tie it into the remake? Or are they going to make a DLC like they did with Yuffie, where that's going to be around it? Or are they going to remake Dirge of Cerberus? Like, what are they going to do? Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be really interested and curious to see where that goes and something something i think i want to talk about toward the end of the show um so let's i guess let's move on to the next big plot point with nero showing up and you fighting him he kills sonan oh no oh geez (laughs) do we care (laughs) nope okay i did care and it's not because like I had all this time with Sonon and whatever. It's just because Yuffie's just so happy-go-lucky, and then to see her, like, cry at the end, not just because of the weight of, like, losing him, but also then seeing, like, what happened to Sector 7. It was just so hard to see that character cry because of her character. So that's why I cared. Not so much. One, one little that's nitpick. That's a great point. That's a great point. Go ahead. One little nitpick on that point. I just laughed. I giggled. This isn't, like, a major thing. I'm a major criticism. But Yuffie somehow gets from like the super secret basement laboratory of the Shinra building and is just able to like walk out into the streets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, encountering fair, no resistance. To be fair, the plate is falling on Sector 7. I think I know, everyone's I know. kind of distracted. It's, it's it's a very small minor nitpick that I just laughed at while I was playing. I mean, I, I could also make, I, but I, I feel like the, there's certain things you just got to take for granted. Like, it's yeah, pretty yeah, ridiculous yeah. that this even is, though they have not fake like... IDs, it's clearly two Wu Taiyan ninjas just waltzing into the Shinra building. No, I know, they I don't know. They don't look like they belong. They're not disguised at all. <laughs> just kind of walk in and go to an elevator. I no, know, I know, I know. It's, it's video game logic. I was just pointing yeah. it out because it was funny to me. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, it's just like, I, 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 to an extent, I agree with you. It is ridiculous, but it's the kind of ridiculous that we just kind of have to accept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay, so Sonon. Let's talk about Sonon, because I don't mean to belittle his death, but I feel like we're given, we're not, this DLC's not terribly long, and he he's actually not in, like, the whole, or a good chunk of the first part of it for a while. Right. Um... So it's like I don't I don't want to say that like I don't care, and I I I really like the Lila's point. Like I care more about Yuffie's reaction to it than the the actual death itself. Um, but let's talk about like his whole like the 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 plot line that they were going for with him, right? Obviously, you see the flashbacks of Melfi, his sister. She looks a lot like Yuffie. So literally, clearly, yeah, spitting image. Like her hair is a little different; it's a little longer. She doesn't have the headband on, but it looks <laughs> she looks just like you. Yeah. Um. So clearly, that's like the plot line they're going for is she's she's like his surrogate little sister, or he views her as like someone to protect, like his little sister was, and even their names, Melfi and Yuffie, you know, they, it, right? It's, there's some similarities there. There's very clear parallels that that are being drawn to get you to realize that like. He's going to be a protector of her regardless because he couldn't protect his sister. Um, how did you guys feel about this kind of plot and backstory for, for Sonon? Eh. He wants retribution for his sister. And 
I don't know. I feel like Yuffie maybe wanted more because I mean, one, she's like kind of like a character that just wants everyone to simp over her because everyone views her as a child and she's like please have the hots for me um and so like it's on on viewing her as her little sister she kept saying like i'm not your little sister i'm not your little sister a because she didn't want him to sacrifice himself for her to get retribution for his sister who he couldn't save but also b because like maybe she wanted him to have the hots for her like she wants everyone else to have the hots for her <laughs> but right. other than that i don't know it's safe. It's a safe story for a character that we have a little bit of time with. Yeah. And yeah, that that's kind of where I lean toward is just yeah, it's very safe. It it's it's like familiar, it's easy, and it's it's not something that takes a a ton to write around for a like four to five hour DLC. Yeah. And on paper, I like this idea. The problem I find is that it I end up not caring because I never really was made. I, I was never invested in Yuffie and Sonan's relationship, or just Sonan generally. He he emotes very little. A lot of his line delivery throughout is pretty monotone and flat. Very. It would have worked mm, so much better, and they even set it up in just some dialogue that occurs while you're walking around through one of the dungeons, where he was the apprentice to Yuffie's father, who Yuffie yeah. very vocally has a bad relationship. It would have been made so much more sense to have the relationship be confrontational and mm-hmm. from the get-go and to see a transformation so that we are more invested when he does. But that's just not the case. He's really just there to be a party member to tank for Yuffie's play style. That's pretty much it. That, <laughs> that That's actually an excellent point um, because I feel like it also would have... It also would have been like a really interesting dichotomy with the fact that this DLC adds a new mechanic to the combat synergy stuff. You synergize yeah. with your party member. So like having them be at kind of at odds, it, it, adding that mechanic where they have to work together, they have to synergize, you know, kind of kind of goes along with that. It's like a narrative throughput in the gameplay, you know, that if, I feel like that would have been. Yeah, you're right, Jason. That would have been really especially considering Yuffie's personality. Like if he was constantly like putting trying to put her in her place when she gets a little too hot headed over the top about herself mm-hmm. and like tries to remind her of her father's teachings. So he's not necessarily coming from it from an, like a malintent. It's more like what he was taught by her father. And obviously by she does, she has issues with her father. So right there, some conflict drama. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been better <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I, that definitely would have given us more reasons to connect with him. Yeah. Um, instead of him just being like, "All right, you take the lead, Yuffie. Go, boss. You got it." Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. I there got was... confused. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Delilah. No, I was just gonna say there was just one specific line that I really liked from him, and it was, I believe, a recurring line during combat that was delivered very flat, like like Jason said, where she's like. Oh, uh, what would you? What word would you use to describe me? I say legendary, and he goes, hmm, "I'd say modest." Yeah, I really liked that like, too. It's a good line, but he, his delivery was just like, "Yeah, you were know. being sarcastic, dude." In in defense of some of, in defense of his delivery, and I believe um, the actor that did the voice for Sonon is Alex Lee. Mm. Um, if I recall, uh, 
in, in defense of that delivery, like he's clearly, you know, an older, an older guy that's kind of chaperoning a younger, bubbly, loud and hot-headed child. Um, <laughs> a lot of cases he's, he's, you could see it as like him humoring her. You could see it as him just kind of just being, you know, keeping his cool with his annoyance with her. Um, or just like general exasperation. Like I don't know. I I didn't really find many issues with his delivery. I I definitely see what you guys are saying. I I just didn't really take issue with it. Where it become became more problematic for me is when he was literally interfacing with Scarlet, who mm. was the one who killed his sister, and he was just completely like fine. Whereas Yuffie was the one that was like holding back her anger. You saw her like fist clench and stuff like that. And he did acknowledge like I felt the same way too. But we have to like keep it together. I just feel like. In that situation, like, how is it that easy? If like the whole point of your character at this in, at this point is to have retribution for that, yeah, yeah, definitely. Sorry, I'm. Uh, I, I was fact checking myself to make sure I was right about the actor's name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I was okay. Um, so I, I mean, so Nero killing Sonon. Um, didn't do much for you guys. Do you think we're gonna see Sonon again, though? I think they'll definitely, like I said earlier, this feels like a lot of setup exposition for her in the second part. So I do feel like they'll try to incorporate Sonon going forward as part of her character. Yeah, like I, I guess my question is really: Do you do you, we think? I keep saying, you know, Nero killed him. Nero killed him. Did did he actually die? Are they gonna somehow like take him and turn him into another Sviet or something or a, some Wouldn't sort be of surprised. super soldier? Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, that that would be a good way to get Yuffie riled up and just bring it back to her story. If they're you know really trying to like focus on her character more than they did before, but I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it, it it was just a thought that crossed my mind just because of all like Nero's very like he's got all like the 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 cloudy darkness stuff whatever that may be like popping around. I didn't I I kind of crossed my mind like is he less killing Sonon and more infecting him and going to mm. corrupt him and turn him into something against his will, you know? That Yeah. It's it, it remains to be seen and we don't really have any historical data to base this theory off of. It's just something that, something that crossed my mind. We didn't see him actually dead, so. Right. Yeah. We just see like there's that uh, he has that vision of you know looking at Melfi and she I think she gives him a Dachau bean and he can't bite into it because he's weak. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah. So. Uh. Continuing on with the, the ending, I mean, Yuffie sees the plate fall. It's, it's very sad. She's very upset. She failed. And then she's riding a chocobo saying, ah, I got I to gotta recruit a team. And there we go. <laughs> go right into Rebirth. Yeah. Roll credits. Right. <laughs> um, I guess the, the, the one other aspect to talk about with this ending is, uh, is, is um, the extra scene that they add kind of for the end of Remake or a continuation of, of that ending when they're on, when uh, the avalanche crew, as I call them in the notes, uh, is making their way to calm. Um, did you guys enjoy this additional bit of whatever? 
I thought like you're talking about um the the end credit scene, right? Yeah, like yeah, with, where they're with, walking, they're walking with, down yeah. the road. Cloud Earth, uh, yeah. Tifa, Barrett, and and, T- and Red Thirteen are trying to hitchhike. I thought it was cute how Tifa was teaching Aerith how to hitchhike. That was adorable. Yeah. And I, I, guys, did you get excited when Chocobo when Chocobo Bill is who picks them up? I got excited. Jason, come on, man! It's Chocobo Bill. No, I, I know why you would get excited. It just didn't really affect me in any way. But I but I will agree with what Delilah said. You know, like those character interactions again, because the one you know, in from my perspective, the one really good thing I could say about this endeavor generally is that they got the characters right, at least. So those character interactions in isolation, of course, it's good to see, you know, it was good to see. We briefly saw or see Barrett and Tifa uh, from around the corner as Yuffie earlier. And that that's a, was a good scene in my mind as well. So anytime it's oh, kind of just yeah. like the characters in isolation and their interactions and the chemistry. Yeah, that works nicely. Yeah, I, I guess that's something that I didn't really um, write down or, or note or anything. This that this this DLC takes place between um, them uh, at, at, uh, the party, Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett, uh, blowing up Mako Reactor Five and uh, the fall of the plate on Sector Seven. That's mm-hmm. that's entirely the timeline for this DLC. Um, and yeah, I, I forgot. I completely forgot about that scene. Um, and you see Tifa, you know, there's 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 rumors about um, Don Corneo's mansion, and she's like, I- I'm going to check it out, and she runs off. Um, and you have to fight talent scouts, like looking for uh, looking for people to bring to to Don Corneo. <laughs> right. Uh, kind of funny in the darkest way possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> also, did you guys try going into Seventh Heaven? Hmm. Um, no, it, it won't let you. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if I could. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. If you try, if you try, there. Uh, again, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake, this is your own fault. But uh, fate stops you. There's like a oh. pulse of energy that keeps Yuffie from entering Seventh Heaven. Wow. Um, because she doesn't meet them that early. She doesn't meet yeah. them until later. I might have turned the game off and uninstalled had I actually tried. <laughs> I I feel like they didn't need to do that, right? Like it could, like it, her going into the bar doesn't necessarily mean she meets them, or doesn't necessarily mean there's any meaningful interaction there. Um, yeah, but they did. She's also kinda... wearing like the Moogle costume at that point, isn't she? I think she's still yes. wearing the Moogle. The so Moogle. you could have had an in in universe in game excuse, but. I don't even care about her being able to go on the seventh heaven. It's just the fact that the, the fucking, fate, the the fate fucking is ghost. controlling everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> hey, Yuffie does meet um, at least Jesse and Wedge. Uh, if yeah, you yes. play yes. all the four contour matches, <laughs> uh, it's like a pretty meaningless interaction. But you know, she plays some Fort Condor with them. Yeah, they're like the hard. I think Jesse's like the hardest. No, I think, I think when, no, oh, no, no, Chadley, duh, Chadley, Chadley, yeah, is, Chadley's yeah. the master. Yeah, I was thinking Wedge was the final one, and I think he's the one you have to do before Chadley, like right yeah. before Chadley. Um, 
Yeah, but speaking of which, fucking Chadley, what a dork. He's coming back in remake, and I just okay, sure. <laughs> Didn't we find out he's Ever, like a everybody's robot or something in remake? Yeah, he was created by yeah. Hojo. <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody's cool. coming back because <laughs> you know now Final Fantasy VII is like Star Wars. Nobody's ever really gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <It's kind> of- <clears throat> Uh, in one, complete, one in complete uh, in com- standing in complete contrast to the theme of the original game. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I going out of this and talking just briefly about like some of the rebirth trailers that have popped up. Like we see what are, what's her name, Naya, um, one of the Avalanche NPCs mm-hmm. um, that helps you in this DLC. Uh, I think her name is Naya. But yeah, like, sounds yeah, right. She, she's she's gonna be in rebirth. Um, I think the other ones, Billy Bob, uh, <laughs> Polk, and Zizia are are coming back probably too. Um, I put them in the notes. I don't think any of us really have much to say other than it's hilarious that there's a character, a canonical character in Final Fantasy VII named Billy Bob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, just incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, there's one more thing we have to talk about with the ending. And that's the extra scene with Zach. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I guess this is like giving people who haven't played the Crisis Core um, context into how much he loves Aerith because that's his little boo thing. Well, there's like all the, for lack of better words, fuckery going on with fate being challenged and... Zach, there be there being a timeline or a branch of whatever a, a unif- whatever we want to call it, because we don't really know yet. No one really knows yet what that's all about. Um, but there seems to be some universe where Zach survives, and that that's a continuation of that. And he, it's fun seeing him like struggle to find the words that he's gonna say to Aerith when he walks in. Yeah, it's cute. And the the big shock is him opening the door, saying, "I'm back," and it's. It, it it's seemingly refugees uh taking refuge just in there from uh i, I guess the uh, if i don't i don't really know if in that timeline if the plate still fell seemingly mm. just people just taking refuge in the church and no earth to be found as far as we can tell yeah um do anything for you did it at least like spark your interest for more zach stuff coming up in rebirth or it's just, you know, I, I'm not, like, one to create theories, but it makes me wonder at what point he's coming in and what, what they're going to do with that, like, how he's going to fit in. Um, is that, is, were they at the tro- church taking refuge, like you said, because of the plate falling, or is this, like, after she dies, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't know. Well, if, like... If it's bright, fresh after him coming back to Midgar, it would be five years before any five. No, no, not five years. Sorry, that would be it. Would be like right before the events of Final Fantasy VII. So, like theoretically, she should still be alive. But where is she? You know, she's not there at the church. What's the deal? Yeah. Um, Jason. You know my feelings on this. I've, I already said it in our remake discussion. I said it in our Crisis Core discussion. Zach, on his own and as a character, is extraordinarily boring. His function in the original story 
is to service other characters' stories and to reinforce the themes of the overall story. He, there's no reason other than fan service to have him in here and to be like, oh, point and look, I know that guy. But <laughs> oh, I, I, mean... I audibly groaned when I saw that. <laughs> and that's that. I think it's too, I, I personally I think it's just too soon to judge. It's too, it's too soon to determine that it's just it's that it, it's not. I don't think it's just fan service, right? Like they're clearly trying to, while remaking seven, they're also trying to, uh, to to do something new with it. Which is why at the top of the show you called this a sequel because you're right. It this is this is a product that you should not play without the context of the original work. Uh, because it's it's doing new things and it's very aware of that fact. It's very, very aware, which is why the anecdote I want to bring up uh, is seeing people on the Final Fantasy VII Remake subreddit uh, ask questions about the Rebirth demo, like, wait a second, where's Zack in this demo? Why aren't we seeing him? Um, it's, I guess, spoilers for the original Final Fantasy VII, but... Yeah, there's people that are that only played Crisis Core and Final Fantasy VII Remake, didn't play the original, don't know the whole twist that you're that you're talking about, Zach being there to service other characters, and asking questions. It's like, no, this is that's because these are sequels. And, and that a, goes back to what I said at the top: is it's the most depressing aspect of this whole endeavor is that so many people think this is a remake; they don't want to play the blocky original that was from the PS One. I mean, it, it's but just I, sad. I think you and I have differing opinions on why it's sad. Because I, I have a feeling you think it's sad because you just wanted a straight remake of the original game. It's Whereas... not no no. So I want to I want to be very clear about this uh, and try to be quick because change. I'm okay with changes, additions. There were changes and things I liked about remake, and we talked about those in our discussion. Go see our discussion there. Um, Res- this just this past year, go listen to our Resident Evil Four remake, which I was very, very apprehensive about. Yeah, and I ended too. up liking more. There were some changes I disliked, but I liked more of the changes than I disliked. Um, my biggest problem is that, as I mentioned briefly earlier, is not only did they change it, and not only is it a sequel, not a remake, but the thematic elements and the overall story are in stark contrast to the the thematic elements and story of the original. That's what irritates me, especially knowing the history of how that story came to be. There's very emotional aspects tied to the creators, particularly Sakaguchi, who came up with a lot of that following his mother's death. So it's almost like not just, you know, not being a pure remake, but almost spitting in the original vision of the original artists. I mean, it's pretty far removed from Sakaguchi at this point. That's for sure. Mm. Um, I, I think, you know, it's kind of what you get with just having a, uh, a, a modern, a very modern remake, however many years removed from the original work. And that original work um, wasn't like its own massive sub franchise. So it had, it had its own message. It had its own themes, uh, to, to and and things to say. And this is 
trying to retell those things while also saying new things at the forefront. And that's, I, I would definitely say, no pun intended, that's definitely clouding the message a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think the bigger the bigger shame is, is just the thing that Square uh, will always say, or any game company for that matter will always say. In response to the question, do I need to play the original Final Fantasy VII before I play this? And they'll always say, no, you can yes. play this. We designed it. We created it for newcomers and, and veterans alike. And mm. that's just, and any veteran, anyone that's played Final Fantasy VII and then Final Fantasy VII Remake will tell you that's simply not true. Yeah, and that it's... goes back to what we mentioned earlier. A lot of this is meaningless if you didn't play the original. Yeah. Even, I, even... Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. Dolly. No, I was just going to say, I just hope that they do tie it together well and this doesn't become like another product of multiple timeline fuckery that a lot of products a lot of ip suffer from um and that they do explain it for people who maybe didn't play the original at some point i i really can't wait for that part in rebirth when dr strange is going to show up and and fix everything (laughs) No, man, Shinra. No, that's Shin- what the fate does. Our Shinra, Shinra from Final Fantasy X is going to teleport in. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the ultimate materia is. It's to summon Shinra. <laughs> Imagine. Final Fantasy X too. That's hysterical. Um, okay. <laughs> this this accidentally turned into a broader like Final Fantasy VII compilation podcast, I guess. Uh, but it was important to talk about it's that. It's be all scene. we're talking it's about to, for a it's while. Hard to yeah. talk, it's hard to talk about any of this no, uh, you're absolutely right. stuff without talking about everything, compilation, original. Yeah. yeah. I mean, luckily, I think our next episode will be a little easier to keep it reined in. But, you know, we'll, we'll, yes. we'll get to that. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much all there is to, to, you know, unpack with the ending of this game. Uh, and pretty much all its characters that are worth talking about. We've pretty much covered all that. You guys good to move on from story stuff and talk some some gameplay things? Um, There's I guess not like a ton. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to just wrap up some my feelings on Yuffie because I kind of cut it off in the beginning. Oh sure, is like she reminds me so much of like a Shonen Jump protagonist. Like yes, like yeah. Goku or Naruto, she's she's stupid, but like in a funny way. She's clumsy, but she's also super confident and loud and hot headed. And she even says lines that like Naruto would say, like believe it. Um, <laughs> I, I like that she gets super golemy when it comes to material. Like she's like, oh my precious, and she's hysterical. Like I, she's not trying to be funny. Obviously, she's just an idiot. And I say that in an endearing way, not in a like something that you say to like a friend who does the stupidest things, but it's just so like funny and endearing. Um, for example, when I think it was Billy Bob or one of the avalanche people that said to her like ignorant ignorance is bliss. Actually, it might have been Sonan. I don't remember whoever it was. And she was, took it as a diss. She was like, wait, what did you say to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like random little encounters like that just make her character just so like. It, I love it. Like her, Barrett, and and Jesse, to be honest, are like my favorites in this. They remake, even at least. they even gave her one of those quirks that you see a lot in those shonen uh, battle mangas, where she has the nut. From, I forget what it's called, or the bean. Sorry, bean? Not, not, yeah, the the bean that only <laughs> she can bite, and every 
every time she gives it to somebody, there's that funny little. I actually did giggle a bit, and that's what yeah. I was saying earlier. I like was the about character, to like that. yeah. Sorry, no, no, uh, that's all I had to say. Is like, like, um, like she was saying, Yuffie as a character is definitely like the standout part of this, as were the characters in the base remake. Yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyed the Dachau, the Dachau being a uh, uh, scene. Where no one can bite into one because I, don't, I guess Wu Tai teeth are just built different. They've, they they've are got built more, different. Uh, <laughs> they've, got, they've got more calcium or something. I have no yeah. idea. Um, and just one other line she said that had me on the floor is uh, I think Chadley was like, Oh, do you know what a VR stimulation module is? And she was like, Oh, yeah, it's. It's a thing that stimulates modulation. <laughs> and then she's like, no, nah, I don't have time to play with some stimulator. And I'm just like, she is hysterical. Like, I love her so much. Can't yeah. wait to get her more in the re- more of her in the remake. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very fun to see how she like integrates as like the comic relief for the main party. Um, yeah, I'm guessing then... that I'm guessing Delilah is going to hard lock her into the party. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. If it makes combat sense because I'm very like, you know, I want to do all the hard stuff and play yeah. it on hard mode, so it would depend if it makes combat sense, but in terms of like her dialogue, oh yeah, I would love to have her there. Well, hey, speaking of combat, what did you guys think of Yuffie's gameplay style? She felt OP. <laughs> Cuz like Well, Maybe that comes down to it just being her and Sonon, and you know, you, you're only focused on one character, so that might be why. But go, go ahead, elaborate, elaborate. No, I was just gonna say, like the synergy moves. Um, I'm glad that they're adding it in the remake. It it definitely helps, like add DPS to whatever you're doing or pressure, or stagger gauge or whatever. But um, the fact that she could uh, there, it might be a materia actually. That's was updated for this DLC or added to this DLC, I'm not sure, but where you could use the base weapon and do elemental damage without actually having to switch to, like, use spells to to do elemental damage. Oh, so you're talking about her ninjutsu abilities or or ninjutsu? Well, she had the ninjutsu abilities as well. You could do the fire ninjutsu or the wind ninjutsu, and then also, I, I I can't, maybe it's a synergy material. It's one of the blue ones. Um, where if you uh, equip it with an element, just your regular attack does elemental damage. Oh no, that was in the original. Uh, th- that frankly, was in the original. That yeah, or in yeah. That frankly, it was the only way you. It was like the best materia. Anytime someone plays remake, I always tell them, okay, make sure you get the elemental materia, because there's I think there's only two of them you can get, and they are the best materia in that game. Because yeah, yeah, it, it, add an element onto your base attack and and exploit those weaknesses there's only four elements so it makes it it, it practically makes it a necessity for hard mode and yeah. for um and and for any of the super bosses or harder content um, right but yeah that the, the yeah that that was in that was in base remake and it it there was at least one to be found in intermission um, right then i think how i used it is that i use an element that she didn't have on her ninjutsu and that's why yeah. it felt like i just had all the elements at my disposal which made her feel op yeah or or alternatively you get you could like put that on sonan's attack so he's doing elemental damage while yuffie can do it with her ninjutsu you know it there's just a lot of there was a lot of really good strategy with her combat style because mm-hmm. you have to kind of balance 
uh you know using ranged attacks while going up close and personal exploiting the fact that she has inherent elements to use um i i i really enjoyed it uh jason as as a big uh criticizer of remakes combat what did you think i basically came away with the same general thoughts which for those who haven't listened to our remake discussions basically it, by trying to be simultaneously an action game and turn-based game, or taking elements of turn-based uh, combat from the originals, it it doesn't fail, but it doesn't like it's, it's not great either. It's just serviceable, and a lot of the same micro issues I encountered, um, I encountered here as well. I even did several battles, both. Um, you know, just ran, not random encounters, but minor encounters and boss battles. I would experiment with pairing system, dodging systems, just the inconsistencies of the windows for those made them useless. Uh, the weaknesses I would try to exploit and realize I wasn't doing any more damage and also using spell times. There's so much micro shit I can get into. It just especially after just playing 16 earlier this or last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> like well, I said, like I said, in I said it in the remake discussion, it's almost like Yoshi P listened to our remake discussion. I said, you got to pick lane. You got to either be a good action game or a good tactical turn-based game. And they chose to do the earlier with some light RPG elements and whatever your criticisms of 16's combat, I find it vastly superior to this. I mean, so, and there are criticisms to be made of 16's combat. Oh yeah. I mean, I was just about to say, yeah, 16 went all all out action but also got rid of a lot of intricacies with any with any of like typical Final Fantasy combat, like el- elemental weaknesses and and the like. Um but that aside, I, I, I let it be known like I don't think Delilah and I necessarily agree with most of that. Uh, I definitely don't because I think the combat is more than serviceable. I think it's really, I think it's really good. Um, I did have more trouble with this DLC than I remember having, and maybe it's just because I was um, like in my replay recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had more trouble with the dodge windows. Maybe I'm just out of practice. Um, dodge but... and parry and guard are useless when you actually break down and find the meta that's the best. It's just go on attack. Don't even bother because you're going to waste more. It's keeping your distance, basically, which you can just do by running. And yeah, dodge is effectively just a way, not really to dodge attacks, but to just keep your distance. Kite, especially with Yuffie's playstyle, kiting is so important, and that's why this yeah. is so boring. You're just kiting, and then wait till it says pressure, and then just fucking go all out. Maybe it's part. Maybe part of the problem is just that you spend this entire DLC only playing as one character, only controlling one character. Um... Because, like, it is it, it is very different if you're playing as, say, Cloud. His play style is super different from Yuffie's, who's super different from, like, Barrett's, from Tifa's, and so on and so forth. Um, I also think, like, I, it's really important to use the shortcut system with this, with this combat. Um, Yuffie has an ability where if you time it right, it's a dodge, and if she follows it up with an attack, and if you don't if you have to pause if you have to go into the menu to use that like that that's not ideal for anyone but if you have it on a shortcut and you can you know quick react with that that ability 
uh, when something's coming your way, like that's ideal. And that, you know, I, I, I draw a lot of similarities with this combat with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and I know you all, I know you also don't like Kingdom Hearts this combat, Jason. I think it's it, at least for the earlier games, Kingdom Hearts combat, super great, especially Kingdom Hearts 2. It is an extremely tight action RPG. Um, with very very technical combat, maybe maybe more than uh, you're willing to give credit for, but another conversation for another time. Um, I yeah I I don't know I th I think that this I think Yuffie was a lot of fun to play as, and uh, I think maybe just the bigger problem is just that you don't ever get to play as Sonon. You just kind of give him orders. Uh, it could have been interesting and... to let you play as him. Maybe that also would have let us care about him a little more, have a more direct connection to him. And that also kind of brings up other problems, which is in the base remake, it puts such an emphasis on you having to actually switch ma and manually control characters because the AI is dog shit. So when you're not controlling your characters directly, and I got excited when it introduced this order system for Sonon because I thought it might it was trying to address that problem. The problem is, is you can only control what abilities he uses via ATB. Yeah. There's no like... Uh, kind of gambit system like from 12 where you can mm -hmm. tell them you know play defensively play aggressively provoke this guy so you can actually be a tank if you're not doing anything to direct like giving any action orders and i noticed this in the final boss with nero like he's just walking around guarding <laughs> aimlessly in no direction while i'm like clamped and locked in and just getting stun locked and damaged to death which again more design issues with it being an action game and it doesn't you get stun locked so much in this? It just doesn't feel good to play. Yeah. It, uh, sorry, go I, ahead. I, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I mean, I, I I'll agree with that, and I I think a lot of that just comes down to the dodge windows just being a little muddy and and hard to to figure out. Well, yeah, you don't have like iframes like you would in a Souls game or other you know character action games. Also, the parry windows are different from each attack, so sometimes it's when the models actually hit each character models actually hit each other. Sometimes it's when a special effect and I actually stopped and died multiple times in normal battles to suss out this. There is no consistent. This is when you need to parry, which is why I say parry is useless because it's, it's, it differs based on what attack an individual enemy is using. Uh, yeah. So again, it's, it, it, that was hmm? a material, it's a, right? I was just going to say that the other issue is that a lot of these things that you're talking about are material. Like there's a parry material, there's deadly dodge material. There's, Which I had, um, I had all these, yeah. There's, uh, there's actually a material that you can equip on either of them where it takes the aggro or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. It's like a yellow one. Um, and, but again, it's like tied behind material, which you want to use the best material, not a material that's going to help you do a mechanic that probably should just be baked into the regular action combat. But the other issue with Yuffie is, uh, I liked it, by the way. I, I had a lot of fun playing as her, especially on normal mode. Um, but there's a hidden mechanic for her that they never explain in the game, which is the use of her Shidokin. Like, you have to, like, throw her Shidokin and then, like, recall it to then teleport to wherever the Shidokin was. And that's, like, a really useful mechanic for literally everything, especially when you get to hard mode or, like, some of the harder boss fights or challenges and stuff like that. And the and and you if you throw the Shidokin at an enemy and do like the wind ability, it does more damage than if you just did the wind special on its own. But again, they don't explain that to you. So like the the fact that there is this hidden mechanic makes her combat feel a little bit more like confusing and like well, just like yeah. 
I think they 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 do at least tell you that you throw the shuriken and then you, and when you go to recall it, if, I think they do tell you in like the little tutorial window that pops up teaching you her yeah. mechanics. They, they I think do it does at least tell you tell that. You about it, that. Yeah. But the thing it it definitely doesn't tell you about like how some of the abilities work. Like the thing I didn't realize until I accidentally did it was there's that one attack. There's that one ability that she has where she does she creates like a windstorm, and the thing. I think that's what you're referring to, Delilah, is like, yes. I didn't realize that if you have your shuriken thrown out, yeah, if you use that ability, it doesn't it doesn't uh, propagate where Yuffie is, it propagates where her shuriken is at the time. So if she throws at an enemy and then uses that attack, it's going to whirlwind on the enemy where the shuriken is, which is extremely useful, especially yes. for one of the minigames. Yeah. They also don't make it totally clear that it's magic damage when you're doing the ninjutsus. Um, range. Oh, I thought, no, as I think they made that clear. Physical. I, I maybe maybe I missed it, and I'm just an idiot then. But well, the, it's like the it's fire one's called fire injured, so the wind one is just called windstorm. Hey, would it would it really be a game that we talk about on the show if it doesn't pass the Kwasniki test of Jason not reading things? Well, like I said, I I saw the like you just said about the um the intro teaching you how to throw it and yeah, grab I, it back I, and I'm do just, the ninja suits. I saw that. I just did. I never saw anywhere until I kind of sussed it out myself that it was, you were dealing different types of damage. Oh, okay. I was, I was mostly just giving you grief by the way. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, just overall, like I, I was just frustrated by unoptimized and, and there's other things, camera being zoomed in too much. You don't get a sense of the battlefield. You don't get a there's no indicator of aggro, which makes it frustrating when you're trying to set up Sonon as the tank to draw away the enemies. There's just a lot of different things that all pile up to make it, like, to, in my opinion, a suboptimal action game and not as tactically uh, invigorating as a, just a pure turn-based system. Mm. I, I don't know, man. Can't say I agree, but that's, you know... That's why that's what you come to read the spoils for. <laughs> for Jason and I to just disagree on on Final Fantasy things. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the one thing I will say is the combat becomes exponentially frustrating when you're doing the Shinra challenges. It's, and I guess that gets into like side content a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's go into it. It's just stupid. The pride and joy, like <laughs> I hate when a game, when I max out a character, I do everything in a game, and I still need to grind specific materia just to have the meta for a specific fight, and then that specific meta doesn't work for the next fight. Or I get an item that's really awesome, like the God of Dammering, and I can't fucking use it effectively on the next big bad fight. And so it's like, what's the point of earning this? It's just there. I mean, I guess to play the game again, I have no interest in doing that. I already played the game on hard mode and normal mode. I have this God of Dammering. I want to be able to use it. Um, so I don't <laughs> like having to use specific materia to do specific things to succeed. And I'd like to be able to have some kind of autonomy over my play style. And that is just not allowed when you get to those challenges. I mean, to, to broaden it out a little bit, like, I just don't like when I have to use a very specific strategy, you know, like, yeah. like that, that it might include like a very specific materia setup or whatever. And like, that's the only logical way you're going to beat that fight. Like the like final battle, the final boss in the arrow where it's just spam healing all the time because I mean, you just got I, dots on you all the time. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I that's not really what I I feel. I I don't I don't think I wouldn't call that a strategy. Is to just keep yourself healed. I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty common strategy for. I any didn't I didn't use thing. I didn't use healing material the entire DLC. Just okay. use potions and mega potions or mega potions and high potions. Oh, see, I always so, had. A, so I didn't I even have it equipped. I and always then, had heal and magnify linked, so I could heal both of them at the same time. So basically, what happened is I played it a few times and realized why I was losing health, and on the next replay i equipped all my healing materia and won no problem but it just goes to show what i'm saying is it lacks the depth of and it goes to what delilah is now saying of well uh, not just skill expression but also uh, a lack of skill expression but a, a lack of tactical expression i don't know strategic Jason, I don't... expression I don't think suddenly needing to equip healing materia means that the game is broken. I, I, I don't agree with that. And I don't think, I think that the combat is better than you're giving it credit for. I just think that, I, I, I don't know, I'd have to see what you're doing that makes you not like the combat so much to, to pinpoint why that may be. Because I think it's, I think it's really technically good. It's got, it's not perfect. It's got some hiccups. It's got some issues, but it's really technically good. Um, What I, what I think, Delilah is talking about and what I'm what I all like what we were talking about in Slack the other day is when a fight like Weiss who is much worse than the Pride and Joy prototype you have to use a very specific strategy in order to beat it like you have to equip I think deadly dodge on Tifa and just have her slide around the arena until you find like specific openings to cast specific spells on it. Like the, the strategy that you have to employ is so specific that the game might as well just tell you that that's what you have to do because there's really there in that case, there's no freedom of expression In other fights, even hard fights. There's, there can be a lot of freedom of expression, but not with some of these super bosses. With some of these super bosses, it's ridiculous how specific you have yeah. to be with what you're doing, and it's not even an, a problem exclusive to this game. Um, there, there's a, a one of the Kingdom Hearts games has a ball. It's largely the reason I don't really care much for this Kingdom Hearts game. It's Birth by Sleep for anyone that cares. Um, I don't care much for Birth by Sleep. Why? Because a lot of the bosses require you to do really specific shit to beat them, and there's not really any other way to do it. Yeah, I hate that so much. And again, and, you guys... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Delilah. No, I was just going to say, it's like, it's so specific. Like, Weiss does not take any damage whatsoever until you stagger him. And you, there's a very specific thing that you have to do to get his pressure meter up so that you can eventually stagger him. And then even after he's staggered and you do, you have to do, like, all these crazy moves to maximize DPS. And then when he's finally staggered, he gets his second phase. He gets, like, this shield that he, like, heals again. So then you have to get that down. If you, Hopefully, you don't want to make it to that phase, really, but... The strategy, again, is very specific to make it to that phase. Now, you make it to that phase. Let's say you spam lightning, whatever. You get him down. His third phase is an insta-kill. So it's like, why even have the third phase if, like, when you get there, you're just basically dead? Um, it's It, was a, it wasn't even hard. I, I didn't feel at all frustrated by its difficulty. I was just annoyed that I was forced to play this game a specific way that I never had to in the entire remake. It was just dumb. And that really just comes down to design problems with very specific pieces of content, because I don't feel that way about nearly anything else. It's just like the the really tough shit that they try to make and try to try to force you to play by their rules yeah. um, instead of forge your own path. And, you know, I'm sure there's people that have come up with different strategies and, and done it, you know, a lot less stupidly. Um 
but the the amount of experimentation you probably have to do and probably the amount of grinding you have to do depending on what material you use it's just like that that's the part that sucks yeah um, i think i think right now you, you got because you guys played hard mode and and did these super bosses which i did not i'm not even talking about that i was yeah. just talking about the you know the base game so i i have no knowledge of what you you guys are talking about specifically with that specific fight um, right. It, it it it's just that this you know it comes with this DLC and it it yeah. is, it was like the hardest fight in the game and it's it it's not hard because it's a challenging fight and you really got to think about what you have to do. It's hard because you have to use this really specific strategy or you basically have no chance. Yeah. Um. But that being said, yeah, I I I mean, I really think the combat is technically very sound. Um. There's like I said, there's there's some issues, but. There's certain just design aspects with certain fights and certain encounters that are that just suck. Um yeah. and Weiss is like the most egregious of them all. Yeah. But uh okay. Uh let's talk about uh, a bit about the side content uh and then let's uh wrap up the show. I mean there's just a few things to talk about. I mean, what did you guys think of Fort Condor? Did Better you like than the main combat. I spent so much more time. <laughs> I, I honestly spent an additional hour just playing that was such a fun little mini game. Again, better than the actual combat because it was consistent i knew what the rules were and i didn't have to redo each fight with different enemies to learn when i could guard or parry their move sets and the animations and i didn't have to fight the camera on the camera wasn't zoomed in up yuffie's ass so that <laughs> i couldn't be aware of the game space and all these other issues i have with the main thing it was just a board game Strategic placement, learning the value of each of the units, how they countered. It was super fun and addictive. One and day, I, almost... I, I really just want to watch you play a game that we're talking about just to see. Because I don't I didn't have any camera issues. I think the combat is really good. I just want to watch you play someday, Jason. I swear. Um, I, I did have camera issues, especially with the Shinra box challenge. But um, oh, well, the Shinra box challenge yeah. is another is a whole other story. Uh, it really, I feel like that comes down to the locked on, lock on more than anything, and we'll talk about that. But, yeah. um, Jason, I am glad you liked Fort Condor. Fort Condor is um, so fun. Yeah, I do. It does make me a little nervous that like it won't be a thing in Rebirth, like it won't be an actual location or plot point. Um, what was that? No, I, I thought you meant the mini game, and I was gonna say. How like the entire trailer for Rebirth was just mini games, but but I get what you're saying. The, the yeah, actual like, four Condor in in the story, yeah, right. Like here, it's just a mini. It's just like a little tabletop like mini game. In in Final Fantasy VII, it was a location and there right. were stakes. Um, and I hope that that's not sacrificed to just turn it into a mini game because, uh, it, it, it there was. A huge materia there in the original you or you had to you had to go and protect it and then you know th there was there was more it, th th there was some significance to it um so i hope that's not lost but it was a fun mini game and then yeah Shinra, be, huh? I, I was gonna say i'd be fine to play it again so they can yeah. keep it in the main game <laughs> yeah just keep just keep giving us fort condor i'm, I'm good with that um <laughs> Yeah, the other one was the box Shinra box buster. I hated it. <laughs> oh god. I uh I did have a lot of trouble getting the max score on the soldier challenge. 
yeah, it was stupid. You had to literally get every single box and you had a very limited amount of time and they had the nerve to put one box far away behind a barrier that was a 1500 box like there was only you can only do banishment on it again like i hate when i have to do a specific thing to succeed what was even worse was that they hid like two smaller boxes right at the beginning behind you yeah and if you don't (laughs) know that you get to the end and you have like you're like 400 points short like where the fuck are these other boxes yeah at the start (laughs) that's so evil yeah Um, jason did you engage with this one at all talking about the one when you're just in the dungeon and you go through and um what's his face one of the forgettable avalanche npcs gives you a note to break all the boxes is that what we're talking about no no this is this is actually in the second chapter in the shinra building yeah Um, i think that's what i'm talking about no, you're Maybe talking about in the first okay. chapter when you're chasing after him. Oh, oh, you're talking about it when that optional room opens up to do the challenge. Yeah, okay. And no. you can get me you can get materia as a reward. No, you didn't do that? No. Oh, okay. Well, fun. Okay. Um as you can tell from the way I'm talking about this, not not much interest in me to engage with aside from doing the Fort Condor cuz I was confused as to how to progress the actual main story. Um, yeah, so I, I was it, just talking to it, people. I think it kind of forced you to do like some of the side quests. Yeah, like, it forced other... you to talk with Chadley to get the VR thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, it, it's a little mix match making the summon in this DLC Ramu. Yeah. Um, I feel like Ramu should have been in the base game, and Leviathan should have been saved for this DLC, mm-hmm. considering Leviathan is of significance to Wutai. It's kind of I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why they didn't. Why they? Well, maybe, maybe when they were developing remake, they had they didn't initially plan to make this DLC, and they had already put Leviathan in the base game, but not uh, Ramu. So I don't know. Uh, I just thought it was a little silly. He was the only summon materia besides like the pre-order ones that you could use in this DLC. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd, uh, an odd choice. Um. What what about uh, the, I guess the other piece of side content besides like combat the combat sim which we talked a bit about Ramu uh the, the happy the happy turtle flyer quest that was fun I guess an opportunity you, to walk around and listen to me, the silly music did you enjoy the fucking like speed metal happy turtle theme song that yeah in the one area yeah yeah it um, was fun did you do the side quest Jason? I, I did a couple of them. I didn't finish it though. Okay, it's I. This is like I know what you're talking about with the speed metal though. Yeah, yeah. I like I guess because in the original game there was there was like a a side quest to find all six happy turtle flyers throughout the world, and then when you go to Wu Tai, you get like a reward from the happy turtle. Uh, I guess this was kind of their way of incorporating that into something but they can't spread it out across multiple games so i it kind of it worked well enough for me and i i overall enjoyed it um yeah it was fun so yeah i guess that's just about everything we have to talk about i mean are you guys excited for rebirth i'm so excited for rebirth my most anticipated <laughs> game but mostly because like it's the only game i can guarantee is coming out yeah that's fair <laughs> uh indifferent 
again. <laughs> it, in my in my mind, it's just more seven compilation shit, and I, I've never been excited about really any of the compilation stuff. Well, how about I pose this question? Are you excited to talk to us about Rebirth? Oh, sure. <laughs> that, that'll be a good old time having to be the asshole. <laughs> oh, come on! You're not an asshole just for having an uh, just for having opinions. I know. I know. We we we, we we love hearing them, even if I disagree with most of what you have to say. Um, even and that's not even true of this episode. That's not even true of this episode. I feel like we agree. No, with I, I, I I'm more just poking fun at myself because if there's a negative opinion to be had, it's usually me. <laughs> <laughs> and our and our reviewers and commenters will surely remind us of that. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay. A really softball final question, just to just to get us to wrapping this up. Um. How how long do you think we have until a Dirt of Cerberus remaster? I'm so sorry. I did not read the notes, and I realized I was initiating that conversation early on. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Um, I, uh... We need something to explain it for people like me who have not played Dirge of Cerberus, please. I don't think it's going to come until after part three, because I feel like... Crisis Core kind of made sense to put out after remake because it's a prequel and it gives you context for that. Even if it kind of made a lot of people that haven't played the original game confused, which that's more on them, but still, um, Dirge of Cerberus being uh, uh, something that takes place three years after the original game, like the original game, it, it, that's the, that game's events happened. So to put out Dirge of Cerberus before this remake trilogy is complete. Um, it, it might just, people might view it as like, oh, it's spoiled, like the end of this trilogy for me, you know, I kind of don't, th I kind of don't expect it until after part three is out. Um, that makes sense. Even though yeah. I so badly want it sooner. <laughs> if, if for nothing else than to, to just make Jason play it so we could talk about <laughs> it. I mean, from a, from a purely business perspective that it makes sense just because they're already milking <laughs> one quote-unquote remake into a trilogy and then you can pad it out with DLC and remasters like they did with Crisis Core in between to keep that money flowing. So oh, it man. makes sense that it would come out after Rebirth if they did it. Well, and it, would probably thing, be, it would probably be a remaster, not a remake. The other thing I could I, I might propose uh, at, to put out in between Rebirth and whatever Part 3 is so that Dirt of Cerberus comes out after Part 3 fucking do a remake or at at the very least make it accessible to make it accessible in general um before crisis because that never came west and it's essentially lost media because it was only playable on japanese flip phones uh and no one has a japanese flip phone anymore so it's pretty much yeah. lost media um, the other, the other thing, Jason, you forgot about is uh, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which I am. Wow. Is, that, is that the is that the the shooter one, the third no. person shooter one? No, that the Dirge of Cerberus is the third person. No, shooter. no, no. I know Dirge is is a, was a third person shooter. There was another game that came out recently. Oh, you're thinking of the First Soldier? Yeah, no, never mind. No, right, the first the first soldier shut down, but Ever Crisis does have an original storyline for the first soldier that is adapting currently. Wow, um, it's a game that I regrettably play every day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't worry, it's one that I will never make you guys play. 
Thanks. It's kind of hard to make content around that one. Yeah. Um, so you're you're off the hook, Jason. For for <laughs> that, not for the rest of the compilation. Don't you worry. There's more to come. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. I'm sorry. I, all I was gonna say was I'm mostly indifferent. So if uh, or apathetic. So if that's uh, that's what you want to do. All on board. Yay. <laughs> um okay, I mean yeah, that, that there there we have it. Uh you guys want to bring up anything else before we wrap this bad boy up? No. Jason? No. I don't think so. You got a Quasniki rating or do you not do DLC? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to rate cuz it's only two chapters, it's very short. If you're just okay. doing a story, it's like 4 to 5 hours. All right. It, well, it, we... It's kind of it's kind of just part of the uh, it, like a slotted into the base remake. So whatever my score was for the remake applies here, I guess. Yeah, like it will it will be remembered as just you know, eventually people aren't going to buy the PS4 version that doesn't have it included. They're just going to buy the PS5 version that does. So it kind of just gets folded in there in that way. All right, Delilah, you got anything to plug? Not really. I mean, I do YouTube stuff sometimes. What did I do recently? Oh, I played the um the demo for Rebirth on oh, there. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure we could do a whole discussion about that, but probably best just to save that for the Rebirth episode that's coming down the pipeline. Yeah, time. plus there's going to be a Junon Yeah, um, yeah. Demo. There will be more to the demo. Um I, I do have I haven't even looked at anything about the demo. Is that is that content Something that's not going to be in the game. No, no it will. It will be. It will be. Okay. Yeah, honestly, just at this point, Jason, for you, I would just wait. Um, yeah, I had I'm no also, plans to play it. There's, there's some prob, there's some things in the demo that I kind of take issue with, and I hope that they're a little better in the uh, final release. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, Agreed. We shall, we, we shall see soon enough. Um, all right. If you listened to this episode and you enjoyed it, thank you so much. Please, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on YouTube, whatever you do with an audio show like this, I think you listen to it. I'm pretty sure that's what you do. Uh, if you listen on YouTube, thank you so much. Please leave us a comment, like the show, subscribe to the channel. Let us know what did you like, what did you not like about this episode or this DLC. Leave us a comment, just let us know. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. Please rate and review the show if you haven't. Five stars are preferred. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And can I just say, if the one thing you don't like about the show is Jason's hot takes, please don't give us one star if you still like Delilah and I. <laughs> like, at the very least, give us three. Um, that's, that's, all, that's the only begging I'm going to do. That's, the, that's, that's, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. To reinforce that, feel free to lay into me in the comments. <laughs> yeah like you could you could leave a review saying i don't like jason but i like mark and delilah that's fine i don't really <laughs> that's fine if you do that and J I know jason doesn't either but don't give us one star if you like two-thirds of the show um <laughs> it really it really helps with visibility also, if, like you shouldn't dislike a person for having a different opinion than you that's weird yeah that's a whole nother that's a whole nother can of worms that i'm not willing that's to just... <laughs> That's the story of humanity right there. Maybe we need to do Reap the Spoils, the spoiler cast, and go into <laughs> just <laughs> the intricacies of, of this dynamic. I don't Human know. Human nature. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> um, normally, I have one of you say what we're talking about today, and the other say what we're talking about next week. But Delilah, if you don't mind, I really want to torture Jason by having him also. Yeah, sure. Ma- let let him s- let those words slip off his tongue. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch Advent Children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've Woo! seen. I, I have watched it, but I gotta watch it again, unfortunately. Hey, um, I don't know if if this episode will be up in time, but Advent Children will be in theaters, uh, February twenty first and twenty second. I am going to see it in theaters. I'm so excited. I don't need to. I have like seven copies of that movie, um, but I I'm going I'm going to a theater to see it because it it never came to theaters in the West. And hey, yeah, you're excited, so. Mark. You're excited. You're happy. That makes me happy. <laughs> See, how could you not like this guy? He's the best. He really is. So I'm in. Yes. I'm in the trenches taking grenades here, while y'all y'all get to be yeah. Um. To be fair, yeah. I have problems with this movie, but <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, guys. All right, all right. If I'll save most of this for the episode, but yeah. Advent Children is not a good movie. No. But it's a movie I love a whole lot. Yeah, it's like the Super Mario original movie. Like it's so dumb, but it's great. It's like I'm I'm really excited to talk about it. I don't like this is not it's not a, a, a like it's not a ten out of ten. It's not even like a seven hey out man, of ten. No. Michael Bay Transformers. But yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's just it's just a fun movie, especially if you're a fan of Final Fantasy Seven. So uh yeah, next episode, Final Fantasy Seven Advent Children. It's a movie this time. It's like, you know, you could rent it anywhere. It's pretty cheap to get on Blu-ray. Uh we will be watching com- the Advent Children Complete, because that has more uh scenes, stuff that never should have been cut from the movie, and thank God it was added back in and an eventual cut. Um so yeah, we'll talk be talking about that next time. I hope you tune in. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hey, Delilah actually said bye this time. You heard me. I always say it, but you heard me. That's why I said it nice and loud. (laughs) Cool. (laughs)